0: SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide leading the conversation.
1: yeah so certainly we have a lot of South Africans that are counting the cost of this load shedding on their personal lives. I'm sorry to hear about the the laptop which uh, which has uh, broken down from one of our callers of course uh, the, the the other issue with that is that you then have these young learners who would be benefiting from these maths lessons that now, are not going to be able to benefit so the repercussions really far and wide we're going to change gears now and take a look at the story uh, and this is really around the adoption rates in south africa and the rest of the world and what has been marked as a decline in adoption rates and uh, this week of course also marks then um world adoption day that is on the 9th of november and we're going to uh, be reflecting on important issues relating to adoption is it still considered a viable option for children uh, particularly those who would grow up, as I was mentioning earlier, in these um, in these child care homes or these youth centers that are run and established by government. Uh, Tabita Dolamo is an adoptive mother and a businesswoman and joins us now. Good morning to you and thanks for your time this morning, Tabita. Good morning and thanks
2: for having me and good morning to your listeners as well.
1: Let's talk a little bit about your journey and, and how you became an adoptive mother in the first place.
2: So, Kathy, um, it, it actually um, started a long time ago when we were uh, trying to conceive. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a bit of issues with conceiving and having um, natural pregnancies. And um, but then when we realize after a number of interventions and treatments that it's not working, we therefore decided maybe it is time to uh, bring forward the adoption discussion. And really my issue has been in um, infertility. And,
1: and, and you know when, when it came when it came to that aspect of the conversation, where you are actively considering adoption, what did you find? Were some of the issues that came up that you needed to navigate before taking the step? So I think
2: at first it was more about not having enough information uh, to guide us in making the decision. We we had always had um, children growing in our house mm-hmm. um, from 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 either. External family or from the villages and to help them go through uh, tertiary education, etc. But we then um, thought we should adopt at the time to have our own child to 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 bring up as a as a long term or rather a permanent solution. But we found it very hard to to go through the process because the red tape in the in the in, in the department of social so I mean I mean social services mm. and then uh, we decided to, to abort the mission until we then rebuilt the, the the process and this time around we had to go through a private agency.
1: So how many years between when you first started having the conversation and began actively pursuing being adoptive parents to being able to conclude the process? How, what, what's the time frame in between?
2: So when we started the conversation, my middle child was 2 years old. Mm-hmm. And when we then decided to, to revisit, he was, he was 10 years old.
1: Wow, it's It's, it's about eight years, about eight years that that, that, that it took you. Yes. And are are there any particular lessons that you believe you've learned out of it that other potential adoptive parents could learn from? There's
2: a lot that we have learned in the journey, and I think there's there's, there's a lot that we have learned about each other as a couple. Mm -hmm. You know, At times, your partner would probably be scared to let you down by asking you questions that you don't have answers. Too, And I think w- once you have the correct information together and you are both aligned and you understand exactly what it is that you are putting yourself into, then the process becomes easier because you, you understand and he understands and he has been in the open about his own fears. And I have been open about my own fears. You know, I mean, the the process is long because you do get um, you do get to attend workshops. You do get to attend um, assessments as a couple and as individuals as well. So there's quite a lot. Like not not you know, I just learn about myself, but I have learned mm. about us as a couple what we can what we can stand for and what we can't stand for, and which was quite a journey. I mean, mm. even when we were trying to conceive. We did the IDF, which failed, and even that on its own has been a lesson for the two of us as a couple. And it's something that we probably would not have um, had the opportunity to learn mm. while we while we were just living our normal lives and not really zoning into things that really matter to each other personally, you know, things like being fearful of, of, of adopting, you know. Um, but there was quite a lot um, that we learned. They, 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 my, my, my fear, my most fear was that one day I'm going to be working at a mall and the, the mother of the, the child is going to recognize him. Mm. And mm. we're going to be having this cat fight in the middle of the mall and she mm. wants the baby. And I'm saying, This is my child. I legally mm. adopted the child. And then they explained to us because you attend this workshops and you talk about this uncomfortable. Uh, feeling, and the said to me that look, once that that mother, that biological mother signs off the legal document, she is giving up her right to be the biological
1: mother until that child turns 18 years. Tabita. When he then yeah. gets to choose, sorry. Tabitha, sorry to cut you off there. We're going to continue our conversation with you in a moment. Tabitha Dolamo is an adoptive mother and businesswoman, and she's telling us about her own journey when it came to uh, adopting her child or children. I'll have to uh, clarify with her when we continue the show.
0: Here, there, and everywhere. S.A.F.M. 104.5 FM in Oat Bay.
1: Tabita Dolamo is an adoptive mother and businesswoman, and she's part of our conversation today as we look at adoption uh, in South Africa. And unfortunately, we're looking at declining adoption rates. You know, Tabita, I just wanted to speak about going into a formal process um, of adoption, Versus what we usually would have in a country like South Africa, where we know that you have all of these different challenges that families and relatives face, and um, even though it may not be signed on pen and paper, but a lot mm-hmm. of families end up adopting some of their relatives uh, because mm-hmm. that's just how the the social cons- how the social um, context that we find ourselves mm-hmm. in in is is like. <laughs>
2: No, absolutely, you're right. And um in actual fact we are supposed to be looking after each other as a community, okay, you know. Um but with 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 the journey that I took, I realized that in actual fact the child becomes really traumatized being bounced off from one camp to the other, mm-hmm. you know. If you were to take on your sister's child after a death or or you know, anything like that, we should be able to do it legally so that you protect yourself and you protect the the child so that one day nobody's going to be saying to you that, oh, listen, now that you've taken care of the child 18 years, can we have the child over? It doesn't work that way. We might be doing it for selfish reasons, but we're actually traumatizing the child emotionally. That child will be damaged emotionally. And that is just in simple terms, Kathy. I'm sure in, in, um, a social worker will be able to give you Different reasons to, to mm. doing things that way, to be adopting a family member, you
1: know. And and when it comes to having conversations, you know, beyond you and your husband to the rest of your family about the decision to officially adopt uh, a child, and is, is it one child or are they more? We've got two children and
2: then the adopted one is the last.
1: Last boy. Okay. Okay. So, so when yes. it comes to having this conversation with the rest of the family, your two children, mm-hmm. but also just your relatives, your in-laws, and mm-hmm. even your family, how do you how do you bridge that conversation? And what do you find were some of the concerns that were raised from some of these uh, external players? So the the first
2: point, um, the first. Point that we, we took was uh, to have a conversation with the two children that we stay with, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, fortunately, which, which is a point that the, first, the firstborn raised to say, Oh, we feel like um, you have been preparing us for this because there's always been children externally that we would look after, you know. Mm-hmm. So to them, it was not a shock, or rather to her, it was not a shock and she just felt that one day this was going to come up to say that we want to legally adopt a child. And um, the, middle, the middle one, which is a boy, was very excited in his own way, you know, and there was a debate whether we're getting a girl or a boy, and um, the big sister wanted to be the only girl, and then, you know, those kind of conversations, but it was actually an easy conversation to have with them. Then we moved on to... Uh, my my parents and my husband's parents. And my mother-in-law was very, very excited about the idea. And my mother was very excited about the idea. Then uh, my dad had his own reservations um, and it was actually a shock because he was a pastor. And he thought, oh wow, actually more than anyone else, you should have been the one that welcomed the idea. But he had his own reservations and unfortunately he passed away before we we got the the Mm. little boy. So it was not as difficult as, as we thought it would be. We were very nervous about it, and I think we wanted more than anything for the for the family to support. And um, my husband then had a private conversation with with his mother to say, "So how do you then deal with the with the culture issue? Um, will 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 culturally be a good thing to do? How how do you then go about it?" And his his mother explained to him uh, that, look, it's a child and that child is going to be yours and you're going to bring him up every Don Amo, um, finish. That's it, full stop. And that's how he then kind of got comfortable with proceeding with um, with the process of adopting. Mm.
1: And, and and how how old is your child now?
2: He's five years old.
1: He's, he's five years old.
2: Mm. Oh, wow, When that's we fantastic. got him, he was, thank you. When he got in, he was four months old.
1: He was four months old. Wow. And and what yes. what has the journey been like being his mother?
2: Absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Really, really has been amazing. And just like other children, the the, the the language of discipline is the same. He really does not feel like um, he was born from another mother. And um, it, it's been emotionally a rollercoaster, really, because you kind of, Subconsciously thinking that, oh, okay, I need to be careful with this one because just now he realizes that he's not a, a biological child and stuff mm. like that. But we talk to, to psychologists, we talk to friends, we have built um, a network of um, adopt, adoptive, adoptive parents around us mm. and we have built a network of people that have gone uh, through this journey so that we get to, to learn as well. Um, it is a new thing. And it is a journey on its own, and and children are not the same really, in things. even your biological children. If the three of them, they're all not going to be the same. So it's like take one day at a time and be consistent in terms of parenting with all the children. It doesn't matter whether they were born, um, they were biologically, they were biological or not. So they, it, it has been an absolute um, mm. happiness. I've been, I've been, I haven't been the same since he arrived, right, And I'm learning quite a lot about myself
1: as well. Wow. So certainly a good news story there. Tawita Dolamo is an adoptive mother and businesswoman. We're talking about adoptions. Have you considered it? Maybe you grew up. In uh, with an adoptive family you want to tell us a bit about your journey or perhaps you're also thinking about it. Uh, the number to get in touch with us this morning, 011 7142006 It's 10.30 duli standing by with your latest news headlines Here,
0: there and everywhere <laughs> SAFM 105.8 FM in nice
1: live on the talking point leading the conversation on SAFM and we're focusing today or this half hour on the subject of adoption and unfortunately declining rates of adoption globally but Tabita Dolamo is one uh, person who has decided to become an adoptive mother a five-year-old son that she has today and she's been telling us a little bit about her journey. You know Tabita you've been talking about just some of the complications that uh, you experienced on this eight year journey uh, to legally adopting your son and oftentimes in the movies <laughs> and you'll forgive me because <laughs> it's the reference I'm going to rely on now. You'll yeah, see in yeah, the movies yep. whenever they adopted children there's this, you know, a dramatic event happens, they discover that they've been adopted mm. all along it turns <laughs> their worlds upside down and you know how the rest of the story goes. Yeah. And I I just wanted to find out from you, have you had that conversation with um, your husband and your children about how and when to introduce that subject and to to tell your son that he has been adopted?
2: So, Kathy, this is all the years that uh, we've been growing up. We've always known that it needs to be a secret. So Mm. now things have changed, and I'm sure there's been a lot of research around uh, the decision that was taken. You have to introduce the subject to the child as soon as the child um, can hear, basically. Mm. So we introduced the subject to him when he was three years old, and miraculously he understands the term the way he understands the term, you know? Mm. Um, But the reason we had to do that is so that with, with with the extent, extended family and external people and family, we don't want them now um, throwing in the name carelessly, and then the child gets traumatized by the fact that I'm, I'm being called names, you know? Mm. Um, it, it, it's just like a, a little one when you say to him, whenever you say this, a whole type of thing. So mm. he's going to be thinking, but that's not my name. And then... They will get curious to, to want to find out, you know, but why are they saying to me, this type of thing? And now you need to then manage the, those emotions to say, no, So with him, it was also that thing to say, he cannot learn the word from anybody else except from from us as parents and, and family. So we introduced the word to him at five years old. And as time was going, I mean, perfect example during during lockdown, then he says to me, But Mommy, did I come out from your tummy? Mm-hmm. So I said, No, you did not come out from my tummy. You you've got you got your money, you've got a tummy money, and then you've got me. So you are very lucky because you've got two money.
3: Oh wow So
2: it, it, you you then get to pick up that he mm-hmm. is starting to understand things the way I, I I can't explain it myself but I then I was I was workshop to be ready for such conversations mm. and not to hide anything. I mean, even with the when he started crash, even in his application forms, we declare that he was adopted with, with, with the medical aid, we declare so it cannot be a secret because it's gonna be emotionally uh, traumatizing for the school kind of child. And as time goes on, of course, conversations will will be different because of age and you then need to be equipped enough to have different conversations that, is, um, that are
1: age-appropriate. Wow, that's that's absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, one can imagine, as you were saying earlier, the, the journey of growth that you've had to undergo as an individual. And really great to see mm. the way that you've committed yourself to being prepared, to giving mm. all of yourself to to this process. Um, let, yes. let me take a couple of calls. Uh, Mutusi, you're calling us from Uppington. Good morning.
0: Good morning, ma'am. How are you? Today? I'm well, thank you. I'm well too. Um my comment is in relation to the decline and the possible causes of the decline.
3: Mm.
0: What I think is happening, I think there's three causes to it. Number one, the the, the the people are afraid, especially black communities, they are afraid of adoption because of what they may experiencing if the children need to go through Amaseco and all that. Mm. That that is one possible factor. The other thing, we have a very big problem. I'm working in the legal field. We have a very big increase of foster care applications instead of adoption because Mm. people would rather use foster care because that's when they will be making money. Instead of uh, adopting a child One, you you don't make any money if you adopt a child. Secondly, if you make foster care, or if you apply for foster care and it's approved, then it's easier for you to make money. The other thing, application for foster care is easy, simple, and and, and, and it doesn't take as long as adoption. There's no classes, there's no lectures, there's nothing. But I respect, and I would actually love to, to applaud all the mothers who've decided to adopt Most of adoptions in in my area are as an application from white communities. They adopt, they don't have a problem with it, and we need to appreciate them for that. But we need to also now start encouraging black communities to adopt as well because it is important. Foster caring and adoption are two different things.
1: Okay. All right, Mutusi, thanks for that. But, you know, you bring up the issue of finances and, and Tabitha will tell us, uh, you know, a little bit later in terms of how she and her husband went around uh, having that conversation. In Durban, Pindi, good morning.
3: Good morning,
1: Cassie. Yes.
3: Um, can I please start off by saying, there's actually like a comment by uh, your guest, they actually, um, they said, when nobody's with the whole, it's like a lot of the people. Oh, <laughs> I'm But then I still believe what I'm beautiful dresses God made. Me. Oh,
1: are you also tempted it's te- 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 a holo? Yeah, it's <laughs> like oh <laughs> my lord, here is
3: <laughs> a And my daughter is like that as
1: well. Oh, Fendi. <laughs> th- thanks for anyway. that. Thanks,
3: um, Katie. Um, I'm a single mother. Mm. I've got two kids, nine and seven, and I'd love to adopt. And i'd love to adopt a child of a different race be it um indians or white but now i have been discouraged by um people close to me friends they'll, they'll say to me um if you are south african and a black south african you are not allowed to take a child which is outside your race but i'm like how come white people are allowed to adopt black children so i can take a white child Try to bring them up in a, uh, like you know an African way as well know my language you know how we black people live our lives and just adapt into these different cultures and I was told this is not possible for so Africa doesn't allow it Pindi there's so there's, there's there, yeah,
1: they, 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 they're so, they're so much I want to ask you I'm going to ask you just to hang on for me we're going to take a quick break I'm back with Pindi Daryl and Bloom I also see you I will come to you after this
0: The Talking Point with Kathy Mossadana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
1: You're on the talking point, and we're leading the conversation on SAFM, and we've been looking at adoption and also trying to understand what could be behind um, the driving factors that we're seeing a decline in adoption rates. Tabita Dolamo has been sharing uh, her journey on becoming an adoptive mother, and just you know the different dynamics in the family that uh, she also had to work through in order to get to where she is today. They've adopted a five-year-old uh, son, but They, uh, he was four months old when they actually finalized the process. So Pindin Durban called in and she says, uh, you know, she wants to adopt. She's a mother of two already, wants to adopt a third child, but preferably uh, of a different race. Tabita, the the reason I uh, asked Pindin to stay on the line is because I wanted to find out from you, was race ever a factor when you went on your own journey?
2: I, I, I we didn't think about it um otherwise kathy it, sh- it has always been that we wanted a, a baby boy a newborn baby boy um and i suppose because i'm black <laughs> it was an easy decision for me um i, I never even thought about uh, um crossing crossing the, the floor, so to say but i it it, it, it never came up
1: Mm. And Pindi, yeah. why specifically do you want to adopt a, a child of a different race?
3: I'm, you know, Cassie, it's something that I've always wanted before I even had my two little ones. You know, that I'd love to bring up a child of a different race. You know, mm-hmm. I really get to learn C-Pengi, What is it that we're doing as our baby? And like, I write something in K-Bet and I've adapted into this new culture, which I love so much. And I'd love my white baby or my Indian baby or maybe pretty my colored baby to so also adapt into Zulu as well. You know, this this diversity in cultures and, and traditions. Mm. So this is what I like. You know, whenever I see white people speaking Zulu or all these other African languages, <clears> you know, <throat> you know, I just my eyes just pop up. You know, I just love it. It's beautiful for me. So I'd love to do that as well.
1: And, and tell me what 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 have your family and friends, the ones that have discouraged you? what have they said?
3: Well, this is what they are telling me that you know you can't have a child of a different race if you are mm-hmm. a black person. It must, if I'm black, I'm a sort of black. so I, I can't have another race. So but, but, but do you know,
1: do you know if that is the actual official position? Have you found out?
3: I actually, I didn't speak to the officers, per se, but you mm. know, whenever you tell your interest to people to say, you know what, i would love to adopt sort of a different trade and they'll say, no, you can't do that. South Africa doesn't allow that. And I didn't go like deeper into mm-hmm. inquiring, what is the law saying? But this is what I'm told, that you, you just don't do it. Like, you know, as you know, everybody's an expert out there. If you are sick and tell people hey, to take it, they will tell you what to take. Mm. So now you will decide with that. So, the same thing with this adopting of the dream of a different race, they will tell me, you know what, you will never win. Okay. It's not allowed. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys can advance. You know, can I do that? Is
1: I, that allowed? I, I definitely can't advise you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I I, absolutely so. cannot advise you. But um, perhaps there's something Tabitha wants, wants to add, and then I'll take Daryl, uh, who's on the line okay. from Bloom. Right.
3: I would
2: strongly recommend for Pindile to do her research and 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 not rush uh, to be making any decisions and speak to the right people as well. You know, the um, mm-hmm. social workers speak legal advice and and take it from there. It it really is the first time I hear the, the things going the other way around. It, it mm-hmm. has been why yeah. adopting thought but I would recommend for you to seek advice and yeah. Seek advice from the right people, you know, and do your research so that when you make a decision, it's it's well informed. Okay. Okay. I get that.
1: All right. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that call, uh, Pindi. Thanks for that call. Let me go to Daryl in Bloom. Daryl, good morning.
4: Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. And good morning to your guests as well. I'd just like to um, commend and applaud um, Tabitha for, for what she's done. Um, you know, my wife and I were in a similar situation. And uh, we also, um, when we just got married, made a vow that we would one day help some little kid somewhere just to get her home. And so... Um, so 10 years ago, we adopted a little boy when he was six months old. And uh, this is actually the point I would like also to make. You know, sometimes that we, we look for babies to adopt and then we, we tend to forget the little bit older ones. So when we got mm. to the baby house, um, the I remember the lady there telling us that, um, you know, there's this boy and people come here. But because he's a little bit older, they, they normally look for the new new newly born. But then we decided that we're going to take him. He was six months at the time. Uh, He just turned 10 um, on the 17th of October. Wow. Congratulations, uh,
1: Daryl. Congratulations. Yeah, Yeah.
4: yeah, one of the things that that, um, Tabitha also mentioned is the fact that we always have to be honest and open. So we also made a decision from the start that we would tell him that he's an adopted boy, that he would hear it from us. And, uh, you know, we made a, a type of a story that we mm. would tell him from an early age um, and then mm. we would tell him about his tummy mummy and how God gave him to us through his tummy mummy and that how we bless mm. her and that how we, we appreciate her. And uh, he understands now that he has two mummies and when mm. whenever mm. he hears the word adoption or or if maybe at school they say, yeah, you were adopted boy, then he already knows that he already heard it mm. from us. Um, mm. And that's what I would encourage people to do, you know, always to be open. But I really want... Um, to encourage um, the listeners out there, if, if it is possible for you, and I, I mean even a single mother can do it um, these days because there's many ladies that cannot have children, to maybe consider um, giving chance to a baby boy or a girl. Um, that doesn't have a home just to open their homes and open their hearts and, and I, I really believe we can make a lot of difference in that regard.
1: Oh, Daryl, mm. thank you so much yeah. for that call. What a lovely call. It's a pleasure. And, and really mm. happy to hear how things have worked out for you and your family. Uh, Tabita, you know, I, I wish we had much, long, much more time <laughs> but uh, we're nearing the end of this conversation so uh, perhaps just final thoughts from you.
2: Um, so, Kathy, I think more than anything, if you have fears about anything in life, you need to do your homework so that your, 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 your fears are, are dealt with, you know. We, we cannot um, say that we're not going to adopt because the child might be rebellious um, at, at, at teenagehood, you know. But if you think about all children give up problems at, at teenagehood, you know. Um, we just need to, to parent and give a child a, a, a good start in life and a good chance in life, you know. And um, uh, resources are out there. If you cannot fall pregnant, think about it, think hard, mm. and, uh, because it is an amazing journey. And I even forgot that I could not, <laughs> I could not have another child, um, which to me was at that time very traumatizing. But the, the, that, that feeling is gone. And I'm, I'm so happy
1: to have my children and keep to bring them up. Wow. Thank you so much for coming on to the show and for sharing your story. Tabita Dolamo there. And yeah, really, really great to hear uh, these stories that, that our different callers have been uh, giving and sharing with us. Of course, I think that the key takeaway for me is that if you are thinking about this journey, please Do your homework. Do do your research. Uh, That seems to be one of the most important things to do before you embark on a step of this magnitude. We're going to come back and we'll continue then with looking at the illegal cigarette trade industry.